0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that looks to help you find success in your career or business, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you fall on. For LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We're turning our attention to the healthcare profession, as there is expected to be a continued demand for individuals in this field. And one particular area that could see a substantial rise in the need for workers is in the home health department. We do have a pair of professionals from Wheaton Franciscan Healthcare in the studio to discuss some of these aspects of home health and what sort of skills might be involved as well. First of all, we have Lisa Gorski, who is a clinical nursing specialist in home health. Lisa, thanks for coming in today. Thank you. And next to Lisa, we also have Lori Kirchner, who is a physical therapist with Wheaton Franciscan. Thank you also for coming in today, Lori. Thank you. Now, before we jump into, you know, maybe the specifics of the job skills and that sort of thing, if you could each touch briefly on your experiences in nursing and and a little bit of your job in general, and um, Elisa, we can start with you.
1: Okay. Um, I work as a clinical nurse specialist, as you mentioned before, um, and I've worked for Wheaton Home Health and Hospice for quite a few years. And in my particular role, i I function doing a number of different things. I do provide some direct patient care. I do see some patients regularly. Also, a big piece of my role is education and working with the staff and working on various aspects of quality improvement and quality assurance projects within the organization, ensuring that we're, you know, providing the best practices and clinical care for our patients.
0: Sure. Lori
2: I have been a physical therapist for nearly three decades. I have been doing home health for approximately 15 years and with Wheaton for 10. I have been very involved with different committees, with program development, um, staff development. I am very involved with mentoring staff training um, within our home care section.
0: Great. So obviously, you know, a little bit of diversity in terms of of experiences, but also, you know, the home health aspect, obviously, we're we're sort of focusing on. First of all, I guess if we look to the, the physical therapy aspect of it, um, you know, you have experience both in and outside of the home. I guess what what is that like? How? Are, what are the differences? Um, just sort of a little description of maybe what you do and your responsibilities.
2: My job responsibilities are very varied. They involve everything from general screening of the health status and the medical status of the patient that may involve referral to another healthcare professional, including the physician. It involves assessing that patient in their home as far as safety. It involves uh, assessing the neuromuscular system as far as function, strength, balance, fall risk, equipment needs. Um, And then how to put that all together so that the patient can remain safe in their own home.
0: Are there a particular group of people or individuals that are specifically in-home for physical therapy? Or does it sort of run the gamut of, of individuals? It runs
2: the gamut. We will see everybody from the neonate to the elderly, from everyone who's had a joint replacement to a transplant.
0: Obviously, at, then at some point, anybody could need that sort of you know service, especially at home. Now, if we switch over just to the, sort of the the nursing side of, of home health, hospice, that sort of thing, I guess what have your experiences been? What have your what are sort of your responsibilities and duties um, specifically to, to what you can preach to your experiences?
1: Okay, um, in terms of my experiences, now as I mentioned before, I've been a home care nurse for many many years, mm-hmm. but I actually moved directly from working in the ICU setting, you know, into home care. And I found it to be extremely challenging. You're, you have to be extremely autonomous out there as a home care nurse. And when I look at the, the patient population and the things that we deal with in terms of nursing care, again, we provide care from the neonate to the pediatric to the elderly sure. in terms of our nursing care. Certainly, a, the largest portion of our population is going to be the older adult. Um, we care for many complex, frail, elderly patients out there with an overarching goal of really trying to keep patients safe and well within the community setting. We provide numerous types of treatments out there and and complex treatments at that. Um, We provide many types of infusion therapies to patients who may have cancer, who require nutritional support, infections. We do a lot of complex wound care Um, that we can manage in the home and keep people out of the hospitals and we use a fair amount of technology as well for example we use telemonitoring systems so we can monitor our patients on a daily basis from afar and receive data in terms of how they're doing related to their vital signs and their overall condition and that will drive how often we will see them out in the home mm-hmm. so again very complex population high-tech to some degree um, in some cases where we're really providing a lot of basic patient education you know how can they best manage their disease process in the home setting how can they best manage their medications with that goal again of trying to keep them home and healthy and
0: safe. Sure. And, and that's a, a sort of a theme I've heard and seen now is the mm-hmm. idea of keeping them out of the hospital, keeping them home, safe, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So it definitely fits along the lines of what I've seen. Lisa, start back to you with this. Different items, again, that I've seen and people I've spoken with do say that the, the idea of home health nursing is really a position that's going to be in high demand. And even if, you know, maybe it already is to a certain extent, are there particular reasons that you could point to as why it's even becoming more of a, of a, a concern or more of a thought process?
1: Oh, well, certainly. I think, for one, when we look at the overall health care system and reducing health care costs, it's far more cost-effective to okay. keep people in the home. Um, and then if we look at the demographics of our population, we do have this aging population who is going to require more care, and people do not want to be in the hospital. They would rather be at home. And we have increasing... Um, amounts of literature out there that are really documenting the success of you know what we can achieve in the home setting mm-hmm. using technology, different treatments, and the outcomes are very very good.
0: One of the sides of this, uh, um, really, Laurie, I can ask you, and, and Lisa, you could also mm-hmm. chime in if you'd like. But um, the idea of working at home- at someone's home versus being in a hospital clinic, that sort of thing. Is that something that, uh, from people you've talked with, your experience, is that something that's appealing? Is is it sort of uh, shy away from that? And what's sort of the general consensus that you've noticed among healthcare professionals?
2: Uh, the general consensus, typically in the rehab mm-hmm. avenue of care of the therapists, um, there is a, a really... Bad, I guess I would say, <laughs> misconception about what we do. Okay. And there is a general theme of thought where um, it's felt that the therapists who can't handle work anywhere else work in home care. Hmm. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Sure. The amount of skill, responsibility, autonomy, clinical decision making, creativity, and uh, just general, I would have to say, organizational skills Mm -hmm. that we have to use is so far above and beyond what I have had to do in any other setting. I've worked in schools. I've worked for the county. I've worked in preschool. I've worked in outpatient. I've worked in a brain injury program. I've worked in skilled nursing. And this by far is the most autonomous and and responsibility-filled job that I've ever had. But it's also the job that I have loved the most. Okay.
0: Do you see the same experiences? Is it, I mean, obviously, it's a different mm-hmm. scenario, Lisa, but I mean, what's sort of the, your, your thought there?
1: I guess I would echo really very similar things. Mm-hmm. I think there is a perception out there that home care nursing is not as challenging or difficult as working in an acute care setting. And when we hire new nurses, they're often surprised at how challenging it really is. Mm-hmm. So I think we suffer from a, a, a perception problem out there mm-hmm. of, of the challenges, but it is extremely rewarding, you know, to work in that environment. And as Lori said, you know, the creativity and the you know working by yourself out there and interacting with so many different patients and families is very rewarding.
0: And we'll definitely touch on that a little bit more Mm -hmm. detail in terms of maybe some of the challenges and and things that are, you know, the positives that come along with it. In general, and again, either one of you can speak to this, uh, is it seen as the service being better for a patient if it's at their home um, in both areas? Uh, uh, Lori, Lisa, either one of you can go ahead and chime in on this one.
1: I guess I I can throw in, I think the bottom line is people would prefer to be in their own home. Mm Rather than staying in the hospital, sure. so if it's appropriate and feasible for us to provide certain treatments in the home, it makes sense and and people are happy with that. Um, I think there's certain benefits that people don't necessarily recognize. For example, if we look at infections, patients who are in a hospital setting, for example. Um, are very prone to developing infections through being in that institutional setting. Right. One of the advantages particularly as we look at providing IV therapy in the home, for example, patients with an IV catheter living at home are at far less risk for developing an infection related to their IV mm-hmm. than they would be in the hospital setting. So it actually makes sense to get them out sooner mm-hmm. rather than later.
0: I mean, and Lori from the physical therapy side, you were nodding your head pretty emphatically there that it's, it's better off at home.
2: I am. I Because I have such a varied experience in so many different settings, uh, I can really see the benefit to what I do now as comparative to being in another setting where you're trying to simulate Hmm. the home. This is where the rubber meets the road. You know, I I can't be in a facility and simulate how the person is going to get in and out of their bed as well as I can teach them how to get in and out of their own bed, how to get in and out of their favorite chair. Uh, The wonderful thing about home care is that we are very holistic we are not just looking at this person's knee. We're not just looking at this person's incision. We're also taking into consideration the psychological and the spiritual components of the health care and the healing that is presented with being in their own home with their favorite furniture, with their, the things that they know. Um, something as simple as being able to use their own toilet mm. is a very big deal. Seeing family pictures around. So, so the ability to train the person in the safety, and the skill that they need to be successful in the situation that they need it is just more effective.
0: I think both of you brought up a good point. You know, if you're not in that situation, you don't think of how important or comfortable it is to, to be in your own home. I, I mean, most people don't like hospitals, but to actually be functioning in your own you know spaces, I think that is an important key.
2: I would have to say that there is there is such a strong healing component to just being at home I have seen repeatedly and I don't have the numbers for it but I have seen repeatedly where where patients come home from a long-term hospital rehab or skilled nursing facility stay and the staff at the hospital or the facility has said that this patient can do XYZ and they're having difficulty hmm. and they get home and they're home for three or four days and that status completely turns around and changes because just the healing part the comforting part of being at home right. has given them improvement.
0: Now, obviously, I mean, we're talking a little bit about the advantages of being in, in you know, the individual's home as opposed to in the hospital. Um, Lisa, in terms of maybe some of the challenges, though, that you do face specifically when you're helping someone in their home, um, you know, from the medical standpoint, obviously, what are some of those, you know, really the, maybe the bigger issues or maybe smaller ones, too, that you will come across in the home versus especially in a hospital or clinic?
1: I think one of the biggest challenges is that, you know, when you're working in home health you really are facilitating that patient and their family to take personal responsibility Mm. for their health care. They have to be participants in that process. And that can be challenging. I mean certainly there's limitations that may exist out there and that's something that we have to look at very carefully. Some people may, you know, kind of label patients as non-compliant because they're not taking their medications or not doing a particular treatment. And I, that is one of the challenges is to not necessarily label that person as right. non-compliant, but look at what are the barriers. you know what are the problems that are limiting their ability to manage themselves? You know, Is it a financial problem? Is it you know, functional problems? are there memory problems? Is there a lack of home support? And I think it's very important and yet challenging for the home care clinician to really take a careful look at that patient and family situation and try to look at ways to overcome some of those barriers that patients may have in managing their health care.
0: And it's interesting you say that because we've had in a, we've talked in some ways some other medical areas and they do talk mm-hmm. about that sort of personal responsibility and that mm-hmm. being a challenge, even when you send someone you know out of the hospital that maybe they have right. some things they need to take care of. But you're talking about they're in their home all the time, right? So what you know what's sort of the uh, the issue there, Lori? I mean, is it similar in in, in the cases for challenges or are there any you know maybe specific to physical therapy that you would point out? Uh,
2: one of the challenges would be collaboration. I think with other healthcare professionals. Professionals in getting in contact with other healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, another challenge may be you know, obtaining equipment, finding resources, because you may have some really great ideas that will be helpful to the patient, but maybe financially there's a limitation. The other thing is, I think when we get into the home and we get somebody in the comfort of their own couch, we may hear uh, a story about a symptom, an issue, a challenge for that patient that nobody else has heard before, because either A, A, there wasn't time to hear the story, Mm -hmm. or B, that person was too embarrassed to tell another staff person sitting at a hospital. For instance, uh, I have had repeated occasions where somebody has come home from a facility and there was frustration that the patient didn't want to learn their meds, didn't know their medications, didn't want to follow up with teaching. And I came home, saw the situation, saw the setup in the home, asked some specific questions, uh, and kindly tried to follow up on the situation and discovered that the person couldn't read. Well, of course, then they have those right. challenges and then in the comfort of their home it's much easier to address the issue that may be embarrassing in another situation.
0: Sure. Now, again, every job really is going to have its challenges, but also you sort of briefly touched on the idea of making it worthwhile and the positive sides to it. Um, and, and again, this will be for both of you to, to sort of give your own unique experiences in terms of the positive side, especially if you can relate it to working in someone's home versus, you know, being in a hospital or clinic, because again, as you've already mentioned, there, there really is a distinct difference
1: repeat that. I
0: wasn't clear. On the- sure. Just the, what the positives are, what what really you, you get out of working in the home uh, with someone, inter- as opposed to maybe being in the hospital where it, the setting is just different.
1: I guess when I look at the positives out there, I think that there's a lot more opportunity to make a difference hmm. when you work in home health. Patients are in the hospital a relatively short period of time, or they're in and out of an outpatient setting and there's not a lot of time to interact. Sure. When you see that patient in the home, we do have a little bit more time to work with them and we work with them repeatedly, sometimes over weeks, sometimes it may be a couple of months or even longer. But it, we can really develop a relationship and begin to identify some of those issues that may not have been identified in a, in a short stay in, a, in an acute care setting. So that piece is, is very satisfying. You feel like you can actually really make a difference.
0: Right.
2: I think one of the biggest positives for me is there is no way to see more than one patient at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just not even doable. Right. Which allows me to really focus on that person, to focus on their needs, and to focus on all the issues that are going on, the ones that I can help with, the ones that maybe I just need to help them figure out how to get a resource for. Right. But the positives versus the challenges can be the same side of the, two uh, sides of the same coin for me. You know, the, the autonomy is wonderful. I, I love the flexibility of making my schedule. The flexibility of how you know it works into my life, and and how I need to arrange my day. But I think the other really large positive for me is, it's a privilege. I truly look at my job as a privilege. Somebody is allowing me to enter their home, to enter their domain, to you know, inflict my thoughts and ideas and concerns and help in their home setting, which Mm -hmm. is very personal.
0: And I think that is an important part that you both touched on, that interaction, that it is more personal. And and as you said, you feel like you're making a difference Mm -hmm. versus maybe just you know, quick moving on to the next patient. Now, if we look to, you know, so again, you hear things and you read them um, about home health care positions being difficult to fill. We had a show earlier about, I mean, that was general nursing that it was, it's was it been difficult to fill. And um, Lisa, I guess I'll ask you in terms of, are there specific positions that really are difficult in the nursing area that you've come across? Is this a concern, an issue? And if so, what are some of those Um, those stumbling blocks.
1: Well, I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks in terms of filling the home health care nurse positions is the lack of knowledge out there about what home health care really does Mm -hmm. and what we had touched on earlier about some of the perceptions of it not being as challenging perhaps as working in another setting. I'd also look even, you know, going backwards to the schools of nursing. There isn't a lot of focus on community health types of positions, particularly home health care. You don't have a lot of students coming through that are exposed to the challenges. And I think that's something that I believe the schools of nursing are really trying to address. Mm -hmm. And some of the challenges are probably through the home care agencies themselves, you know, supporting students um, working in the home care agency for a clinical practicum type of thing. Sure,
0: and I mean, really, what you say does sort of echo throughout a number of industries of people we've talked to. Is that it seems like the education side of it's a little slow to transition to mm-hmm. what's really happening out in the, you know the real world, the professional world. So it definitely fits in with everything right. we've we've talked about.
1: And I guess I would say I think a lot of you know young nurses in nursing school. You know, the excitement of the hospital (laughs) is probably very appealing. You know, it certainly was to me at that point in my career as well. Um, So we just need to expose these students more to all of the alternative places where nurses can work and Mm -hmm. home health care being a large and growing area of practice.
0: Now, Laura, if we look to figuring out, you know, someone who wants to enter into the, the home health area, and obviously your expertise more being in the physical therapy side, what is the ideal candidate? Clearly, you're going to need certain education, and but as far as skills or demeanor, you know, personality kind of thing, what, what would be an ideal candidate to you?
2: Well, I was having this conversation with my supervisor this morning, and one of the things that we came up with, and it, it sounds like such a strange s- statement, but we are kind of a different breed. Um, there is a there are some intangibles that are that you can't train someone for, and probably the most important intangible that I can think of is passion. Just having this passion for for doing this kind of work for for going into the patient's home and having the interaction. And following through, making a difference and you know, and stepping up and sometimes going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. I think the ideal therapist is somebody that is really comfortable with being independent, that's comfortable with their skills and their knowledge base, that's very willing to continually learn because the process of what we do and, and how we do it continually changes, particularly with healthcare reform.. Uh, the ideal candidate would also be somebody that's very flexible but yet very organized because we juggle a lot of balls in the air Mm -hmm. at one time and things need to be followed up on. And somebody that's That's really um, that can be a teacher that can go into a home and teach and encourage and but yet affirm what's happening in the home so that that patient and that family doesn't feel like they're being um, bulldozed into making a change. But but accepting that change can be very, very beneficial. And I think probably the final thing is somebody that is a problem solver, but also can be creative with their problem solving. We learn all these book things and these textbook cases of how things are supposed to work. But, you know, sometimes in real life, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. So how can you make it safe? How can you make it work and yet be um, creative in that process? And so that patient can accomplish the goal that they're out to accomplish.
0: And Lisa, you can add anything you'd like if, if you, you know, in terms of that ideal candidate, I also as sort of a, a second part to that, is there a way to make these positions more appealing so that, you know, you talked about maybe the reputation is what's holding some people back in a certain way, but um, when you're talking about that ideal candidate and maybe what you can do to bring those people in, uh, what, what's sort of your take there?
1: Sure. Um, I guess to, to add on to Lori's comments, uh, certainly very similar, you know, comments from a nursing standpoint, but the ideal candidate, the, the communication skills are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Now, Lori spoke to the ability to you know teach patients and families that's incredibly important I always go back to when I moved out of the ICU setting and moved into home care and that's the thing that struck me the most because I was very involved in more of the, the so-called high-tech home care okay and I actually wrote my very first journal article on that very topic that you can be this technically competent great nurse <laughs> but when you come into home care that's important. But equally important is your ability to really translate your knowledge and understand patients and deal with anxiety and how to effectively teach patients and families. So that's incredibly important. Um, I think the communication skills beyond that is working with all of the other disciplines particularly even dealing with physicians and physicians offices you're not it's not face-to-face right. you have to develop those relationships over the telephone you're working with pharmacies everything is you know is not face-to-face so you have to develop very good communication skills um, high level of knowledge is really critical and Again, we're dealing with so many different types of, you know, disease processes and conditions out there. So nurses have to be highly knowledgeable and the the investigative piece to really, you know, try and figure out what's really going on, you know, in terms of that patient situation, whether it's looking at their symptoms or looking at the, the family situation, et cetera.
0: Sure. Now we are getting a little low on time. Um, so I'm still going to give both of you an opportunity to sort of you know, give your summary take, that kind of thing. Lori, with, if we're looking at people who are trying to put themselves in a position to get into home health care, um, well, it could be just health care in general, but uh, obviously that's sort of been our focus for the show. Um, I mean, are there certain skills? That, I know you talked about an ideal candidate, but maybe is there somewhere they can go? Is there someone they can turn to? Um, or is there something that you could really sell yourself with, whether it be in an interview or when you're just sort of putting yourself out there. Um, and again, I know it's very general, but sort of your you know words of wisdom, so to speak, based on your experience.
2: I think as far as, you know, you're talking about skill base, I think certainly getting varied experiences, maybe having a mentor that can help you work on, on clinical decision-making skills, taking continuing ed that involves Um, screening techniques, to be more familiar with other medical issues, because part of what we have to do is go into the home and discern as a physical therapist, does this patient need me and my physical therapy skills, or do they need a nurse, or do they need some other medical service, or Mm -hmm. do we just need to send them back to the ER? So having to make that clinical decision. Uh, And then so so being comfortable with that skill base. But aside from that, uh, having an enthusiasm, having uh, a commitment to learning, having an involvement in our profession uh, and being able to demonstrate good interpersonal skills is key.
0: Lisa, did you want to go ahead and add something to that? I
2: don't know if I have anything to really add to that (laughs) because I think you really
1: summarized it nicely.
0: Great. Well, we can can leave it at that. That's perfectly fine. Nice job, Lori. And, you know, again... We're speaking in generalities here, so you know individuals who are looking into these areas. Um, clearly, you need to find that specific area you're looking into. Um, so, I guess, Lisa, I'll leave with that. If someone is looking into an educational area or um, you know a field in the healthcare industry, I mean, do you have any suggestions as far as a first step or or um, just in maybe a in general how you go about getting into this area
1: there there are organizations that are looking more at at taking nurses directly out of nursing school and i think that that opportunity should be maybe considered for the future i think looking at internships mm-hmm. you know from nursing school into home health would be one of the answers for that but meanwhile Um, given the fact that we are not taking nurses directly out of the the schools of nursing. I think a really broad med surge background is really key. Um, I think nurses should feel extremely comfortable with caring for the general um, medical surgical type of patient, develop confidence in their own assessment skills, and if they have that passion and desire you know, to, to move on, certainly, you know, take a look at the home care agencies out there, certainly Wheaton Franciscan Home mm-hmm. Health okay. and Hospice. We interview, we put people through a rigorous process of interview, and we can give them the opportunity to actually spend a little bit of time out in the field and see what it's really like with a, a nurse who's actually working out there. So that's a, an opportunity.
0: Well, great. Uh, we, you know, we definitely appreciate both of you coming in, sort of giving the uh, different perspectives on the idea of, of home health. And uh, clearly, a lot of similarities with what both of you do, but uh, unique differences as well. Um, unfortunately, we are out of time here. I'm moving up the ladder. Uh, for our listeners, again, our guests today on the subject of home health care, they've been Lisa Gorski, a clinical nurse specialist in home health with Wheaton Franciscan, as well as Lori Kirchner, who is a physical therapist with Wheaton Franciscan Healthcare. Again, we appreciate your inside perspective on all this, and I'm sure the listeners definitely gained a lot of knowledge out of this today, so thanks for coming in. Thank, Thank you. you. And that will officially bring Moving Up the Ladder to its conclusion today. Of course, we do enjoy hearing from you, the listener, as well, so drop us an email with any comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.